Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. That was powerful. I could barely see it on my seat. Philippians 4, verse 19. We're talking about faith for supernatural provision. And I understand that there are people in this church today who need God to provide for their needs. Let me see your hands if you can use some provision. You can, you can use some provision. You, ne- you need your needs met. So faith, we talk about faith for healing. And today we're talking about faith for supernatural provision. God is a provider. And I want you to understand critically, like I've said it over and over again, that faith begins when the will of God is known. Blossom is sitting close to me today. Blossom, I got to get your feedback, Abby. Yeah, I need feedback. You used to give it to me in Rose Bowl. But then he started sitting at the back. I don't hear your voice. I need your voice. Eh? Rosebud and um, Blossom. Who else gives me feedback? Energy feedback. It's Dumont. Dumont gives feedback. Who else gives feedback? GT gives feedback. I need to put you guys in strategic places. So you liven up the entire audience. Amen. So give me your feedback. Faith begins when the will of God is known. Sorry, I have a mic on my chest now. I'm not used to it. It's not my own. It's not my own. Alas, it was borrowed. <laughs> it was my own. But, but I, I need to test strongly. But test strongly because Pastor Koji is coming on Friday. And Pastor Koji does not like using handled mics. So we want to test strong, see if it's perfect with it, then we can use it for him. If I'm perfect, then it'll be perfect. If I'm imperfect, then it'll be more perfect. All right. So you can hear my voice, can't you? All right. So faith begins when the will of God is known. God has a will for your healing. God has a will for your health. Faith begins, and I categorically stated that you cannot have faith for something when you have not known that thing. You cannot have faith for something when you have not known that thing. I beg your pardon, First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. You cannot have faith for something when you have not known it. The first thing is to know what has been made available for you. First Corinthians 2 verse 12, then we'll go back to Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. The Bible says in First Corinthians, we have now received not the spirit of the world, but of what? Help me do more. But the spirit which is of God. That we may do what? That we may know that the things that are freely given to that us. That we may know those things that God has freely given to us. Someone said there are things. Say it again. Say there are things. There are things that has been given to me. That have been given to me freely. Freely. Say it again. Say there are things. That has been given to me freely. So you see, the Bible did not say that the things that will be given to us. It said the things that has been given to us. The Bible said that we may know those things. There are things that have been given to believers freely. What does it mean to be free? That means you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay tithes for it. You don't have to sow seeds for it. For instance, your healing was fully paid in Christ. You don't have to pay for it. That's why it's called free. Free means that someone else had paid for it. There is no such thing as free in the real sense of free. The truth is that someone else paid for it. You are getting it for free. Your salvation is free to you, but it cost God a son. You understand? So it's not free. Salvation is not free. It's free to you, but it's not free to God. 
They are freely given to us. The first step is to know the things that have been freely given to us. The Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 82, verse 5 to 7. Give it to me, Psalms 82, verse 5 to 7. The Bible says, they know not, neither do they understand. They know not. Psalms 82, verse 5 to 7. They do not know, verse 5. They do not they know, know, neither do they understand. Give me a more. Neither will they understand. Yes. They walk in on in darkness. They walk in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of court. Yes, but six. I have said. I have said. Ye are God. You are God. And all of you all are of children. You are children. Somebody say all of us. All of us, without exclusion, nobody's exempted. All of us are children of God. I have said it over and over. You are gods. I've said it. You are gods. You are gods. All of you are children of the most high. But verse seven. But what happens in verse seven? Ye shall die. You will die like men. You will die like men, and then you fall like one of the princes. Why? You do not know. Because you do not know. Because you do not know. I've told you, you have been healed. I've told you, you've been set free. But you die because you do not know. You are not designed to die like men. Dying like men is a consequence of ignorance. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13 says, My people go into captivity for lack of knowledge. Isaiah 5 verse 13, give it to me quickly. Isaiah 5 verse 13. My people therefore, go into captivity. Yes, give it to me. Therefore, therefore, my people are gone into captivity. They are gone into captivity. Because they have no knowledge. Because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished. The honorable men. The Bible calls them honorable, but yet they are famished. And they are much too dry up with thirst. Why? They have no knowledge. They have no knowledge. The first thing is to know. People think they know, but they don't know. People have mental assets. People just agree. People don't know that I may know the law. I may even know the law. I may even know the law. You know the law. Yeah, you know, you must have some knowledge of the law. If not, you won't be in church this morning. Abi? Answer me now. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know the law. But there are degrees to knowledge. Paul says that I may know him. That was Paul. After writing two thirds of the epistles, he says he wants to know God. That's the degree. You get my point? So there are degrees to this thing. There are degrees to this thing. There are degrees to knowledge. So people think they know, they don't know. They don't know. Do you know, no, no. Like you really need to know that God has healed your sickness. Is it clear to you? Do you have a vivid understanding of it? Are you sure? Are you aware? Are you greatly, greatly and deeply aware and sure that God has healed your sickness? Or you just have a awareness, just a mental accent. In John chapter 8 verse 32, Jesus Christ says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Is that what he said? He said you will know. Somebody say yes. Say it again. Say yes. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The Bible did not say that the existence of the truth sets you free. It said it's your knowledge of the truth that sets you free. So the truth can be existing for a thousand years and people are not set free. Why? They don't know it. They don't know that God has set them free. They don't know that God has healed their sicknesses. So people can be deep down in all kinds of ailments and disease and there's healing available, but they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Knowledge is the greatest enemy. Satan played on Eve with knowledge. He said, did God really say you should not eat out of this fruit? He said, if you eat out of this fruit, what will happen? Bible scholars, what will happen? No, no, what did God, Satan say to Eve? You shall do what? Answer me now. 
He said to him that if you eat out of this fruit, you shall do what? You shall be like God. Was Eve already like God? Yes. Eh? Yes. So why was Eve trying to be like God? She didn't know. If Eve knew, if I said, shut up there, you devil. I know you. I'm already like God. Exactly like him. I have his eyes. I have his nose. Have you seen God before? Oh, sorry. You've been cast down. <laughs> I'm your new God now. You know why Eve didn't know? Eve wasn't there. And that's why you cannot, you cannot thrive on reported revelation. Eve wasn't there. If you, if you don't know it, you don't know the truth. You cannot thrive on someone else's revelation. That's to be your. I'll say, you shall know the truth. And the truth that sets you free. They say, everybody shall know the truth. You. Some people don't know. A lot of people don't know. Do you know that God wants to provide for you? Do you know? No. No. Do you, have you found out that God wants to provide for you? One thing I found out is that God's will to provide for me. I have also found that he wants to heal me just as much as he wants to provide for me. But religion has a way of excluding provision from God's, you know, what, what God has made available. Uh, let me explain that. It's easier to believe God for healing. It's difficult to believe God for provision. Because Satan has a way of twisting anything that's do with material stuff and make it look as if it's carnal. The moment you start thinking of having new jewelries, having gold, believing God for a new car, Satan says, this one you're driving, is this spoiled? Is it bad? I, just, I, just, I, just, I don't like this car, I need a new car. Satan says, ah, is that not materialistic? You know, Satan has a way of quickly making you look like, because you want something good, you are carnal. Now, it's possible for you to be hearing me and not be hearing me. I've listened to Bishop Oedeko for many years. Let me tell you the truth. Bishop Oedeko was the first person that I really got exposed to. I mean, I gave my life to Christ in 1999. Very young child. 1999. And my father was an abbot. I've told that story. My father was an abbotist. And so, but, I, but, I, but I had an encounter with Bishop David Oedeko through his words, his preaching. I used to detest him. I used to mock, you know, because the first thing you mock, the first thing you hear in here, Bishop, is to mock him. Say, so I followed them one day to their Shiloh meeting in 2000, year 2000. I followed them to Shiloh. And I sat in the, in the crowd. And I was there. I, I went to some of my friends to go and mock them. You can imagine how old I was. 1990, 2000, year 2000. I went, let's see what they're doing. So we, we went there. When I went there, I was sitting in the gallery. The power of God smote me right there. I was shaking. And I remember I came with my friends to come and mock them. I dashed outside into the bush. Now, that place was not as developed as this now. I went on my knees. I said, God, I'm sorry. He said, yes, I know you are. Say, follow this man. Follow this man with all your heart. I was a child. Now, he says, don't leave your church. He said, I've not told you to attend winners. Don't attend winners. Stay in your church. But follow this man. So I started listening to Bishop. I entered campus 2003, 2004. Started listening to Bishop. I mean, I listened to Bishop. But his messages on faith were so strong in my heart that all I needed to hear was just faith. So much that I thought I was hearing it, but I was not hearing it. Every time he spoke about prosperity, there was a default setting in my mind that seems away prosperity. Please follow me closely this morning. There's a subconscious setting. So if you think you're hearing me, I'm not hearing you. Right in your mind, your, your mind has a default setting that is arranged to sieve out anything that does not align with your background knowledge. So much that if I'm preaching, preaching, you're accepting some, you're refusing some. And you are refusing it unconsciously. So you don't know. So I listened to Bishop. 
entire faith for healing. Oh God, I've, I, I had strong faith. It's so difficult to convince me that I'm sick. When you say, you must understand that the devil is the root of sickness and diseases. I picked the card. That I feel that my, my wife will never have children, have problems with children. I had faith. That there's no parent among your life. I had faith. But when it comes to prosperity, never. It's just somewhere, you know, I will just be selecting. You know what I'm saying? Are you following me? I'm picking and choosing. I'm, I don't know I'm picking and choosing. I don't know I'm picking and choosing. I didn't know it was a, as I'm preaching as movie, I'm picking and choosing. In your head, it's just choosing. I don't be that one. That one. And you're choosing. So that's what I was doing. So I had strong knowledge of God on my faith for healing, but I didn't have strong knowledge of God for provision. In my head, I thought I was also for it. So I started asking myself, because this is religion. Religion is more terrible than sin. You see, religion is worse than sin. Religion is the devil's strongest weapon against a believer. Sin keeps you away from God before you give your life to Christ. Religion keeps you away from God after you give your life to Christ. That's religion. So that you are a born again, no, but you never enjoy the best of God. That's religion. So I started tracing back. When did I start thinking that poverty and holiness were the same? When did it happen? You see, because my pastor was, listen to me, this is a very powerful thing. When my pastor never preached it once that holiness and poverty are the same. Never. How did I arrive at that conclusion? I was thinking back. I couldn't really say this is what happened or this is where I was taught. But I found out that I saw people that I respected so much as men of God that were poor. Are you following my point? People that I believe that the anointing. People that I believe that the Holy Ghost in them and they were poor. You see, there was a subconscious conclusion in my mind by that strong visual representation of Satan that poverty and holiness are synonymous. That is why exposure is your greatest education. Exposure is the greatest thing you can do for yourself. Expose yourself. Just stay there. I thought I was listening. I was not listening. Bishop be preaching. The moment he gets prosperity, I will just see it. I will not know I've saved it. I'm looking for where we talk about cancer. Talk about fibroid. Talk about, hey, my father. So I did not begin to know that God had plans for my prosperity until I was about to get married. When I became broke. I was so poor, I couldn't even pay attention. That's how terrible it was. <laughs> That's how terrible it was. That's how terrible it was. I didn't know. I didn't know. It's possible. Listen, let me show you a scripture. Mark chapter 4, 24. Every do more. I'm going to read NLT. I'm going to read Amplified. I'm going to read Passions. Mark 4, verse 24. Mark 4, verse 24. Mark 4, verse 24. He said unto them, He said unto them, Take heed what ye hear. Take heed what you hear. With what measure ye met. With what measure you met. It shall be measured unto you. So that's all King James. You're saying, what does this met met? Are we mental? <laughs> Let's go to NLT. What does NLT say? NLT, Mark 4, 24. What does it say? Take. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. So he says, listen to this. Listen to this. Faith comes by hearing. Listen to, I want you to listen to me closely. It says, pay close attention to what you are hearing. So it's possible to be hearing something and not be attending to it. Mm-hmm. Are you following my point now? Yes, sir. 
Now, you see, when it comes to holiness and spirituality, the first place that we have said this is the holiest place was Eden, Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. You agree with me? Yes, sir. Do you know that there was no prayer and fasting going on there? Yes, sir. There was no provision for healing the sick, for miracles and deliverance. There were no family costs and generational, generational costs. What was in Eden? Abundance of all things. The Bible says that there was, a, there was a gold, there was a river flowing into Eden that had gold in it, a sapphire, diamonds in it. And God said to Adam, of all the trees of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Someone say, mayest freely eat. Mayest freely eat. Free. Eat. God did not give him only one to say, hey, what? You are not disciplined. <laughs> you are a foodie. Eat one tree. Eat one. There was an abundance. That was the most spiritual place ever. Someone was in my room, someone was in my office. She came to tell, she was telling me, she was having issues with praying in the night. And so she would say, Pastor, you know, I don't pray in the night. I, I want to pray in the night. I feel so terrible. I'm not praying in the night. I said, God did not even ask Adam to pray, ask Adam to pray in the night. When was God coming to see Adam? In the evening. In the evening. Not even in the early morning devotion. <laughs> not 6 a.m. Are you following my point? In the evening. In the evening. That's the most spiritual place. So religion is a terrible barrier. Let's have what I've read from Mark. Um, I think Mark 424. Is that Mark 424? Continue. What does it say? The closer you listen, the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. So as you listen closely, you have more understanding. Yes? And you will receive even more. You will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching. To everyone who listens to my teaching. That's no, no, I, want to, I don't want Mark 425. You have finished Mark 424? Yes, 24 okay, go to Passions. Give me Amplified now. Amplified Media. Put Amplified on the screen. Mark 424. Yes? Then he said to them. Then said to them. Pay attention to what you hear. Amplified. A-M-P. It's not A-M-P-C. Amplified. They don't have. Is it Amplified? Oh yeah. Are you sure that's Amplified you have? Read there. Yeah. And he said to yes. them, be careful what you are hearing. Be careful what you are hearing. Yes. The measure of thought and study. So it says, listen to this. The measure, the way you assess your thoughts as you are thinking and studying on what you are hearing. Yes. You give. You give to the truth. You hear. You hear. Yes. Will be the measure. Of, will be the measure. Of virtue and knowledge. Of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more. Besides we be giving to you who hear. So it's possible to be hearing this. And not giving attention to it. I'm saying God has healed your sick. It can fly over your head. You thought you had me. You didn't hear me. Faith comes by hearing. How does it happen? When you go back and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear. Let me tell you what happened to me. Because people preach a message, five power buttons of total health. Five power buttons of total health. Five power buttons. I listened to that sermon about a hundred times. If I'm playing like this, I'll be preaching it verbatim from the beginning to the end. It was practically impossible to convince me of sickness. Why? I paid close attention to it. But if I say God can provide your needs, it's possible to hear it. But like I said, it could be so bad that Sapa has entered to the earth that you can't even pay attention. That's how terrible it can be. Give me passions. 
Passions. What does passion say? Yes. Did you see that? Did you see that? Ah, I shall see. Ah, ah, please now. Talk back. I need you feedback. It says give hard work. Give hard work to understand. Are you following my point? It doesn't assume that because you have heard, you have understood. Give hard work. It takes hard work to understand. It takes hard work. It's hard work to understand. Give, be diligent to understand the meaning behind. There's a meaning behind. There's a meaning behind everything you are hearing. For as you do, more understanding will be given to you. And according to the depth of your longing to understand, much more will be added to you as you long to understand what you are hearing. That's what happened to me when I started hearing about healing. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the plain truth. I'm sharing testimony on my, on my status last week. I went to the toilet sometime last year and I would see blood everywhere. Heavy blood, no small. Man of the usual blood. Splattered all over the OWC. God of I said, what's that? Instantly, Satan told me, this must be colon cancer. I said colon cancer. I don't even know the symptoms of colon cancer. Where the colon cancer came from, I don't know. Your ears can hear. As you are passing now, your, you have someone say, ah, this country had to. You think you, think you did not hear? You had. So the next obstacle you face, that thing will corroborate what you had. It's a terrible thing. Where did I hear colon cancer from? I didn't know. So colon cancer. I said, colon cancer. I said, never, that's not true. Satan, you're a liar. Lay hands on my stomach. Satan said, oh, wait. Maybe it's not colon cancer. Maybe it's intestinal busts. Maybe one of your intestines has busts. Satan said, well, it's not how long, but how well. You have lived well. Satan said to me, Jesus Christ died at the age of 33. It's not how long. I said, Satan, shut up. Jesus Christ came to die. I didn't. I didn't. So I put my hands on my belly. I rebuked that condition. I spoke to my system. Everything that needs to be repaired, repaired now. Jesus walked out. Came back to the toilet. Went to the toilet. There was blood everywhere. I stood up. I blessed God. Father, I thank you for my healing in the name of Jesus. Walked out, cleaned myself. Came back third time. Went to the toilet. There was blood everywhere. Say, Father, I thank you for my healing in the name of Jesus. I'm blessed. Walked out. Came back the fourth time. There was blood everywhere. Say, Father, I thank you for my healing in the name of Jesus. For we look at things that are not seen, but things that we see are temporal. The things that cannot be seen are eternal. You see, when I came back the fifth time, there was no blood. How did I get there? I didn't fret. I was not afraid. I have been hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You see, if I had God's word on provision, the way I had God's word on healing, I'll be a billionaire now. Thank you. I'll be a billionaire now. But I did it. And it's religion. Religion tells you that heaven is, heaven is for people who are poor. It's a place the poor. For theirs. Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. What does it say? Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. The Bible says, God said to Abraham, Abraham, I am going to bless you. Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. Make of thee. I will make of thee. A great nation. A great nation. And I will bless thee. And I will bless thee. And make thy name great. So he said that to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. 
That was what God said to Abraham. By Genesis 13, verse 2, just one chapter after, the Bible said Abraham was already rich in silver and gold. Cattle? Yeah, 13, verse 2. And Abraham was very rich in cattle. Abraham was very rich. Say it, say very rich. One translation says extremely rich. Extremely rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. They tell you that gold is a sin. Abraham must be a sinner. Because he was very rich in gold. By the time I was going to get to Genesis 24, verse 1, Genesis 24, verse 1, give it to me, Dumont. Genesis 24, verse 1. The Bible says, God had blessed Abraham in everything. Genesis 24, verse 1. What does it say? And Abraham was old and well stricken well in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Everything. If you look at CV, he said Abraham was very matured. So God blessed Abraham in health. Are you following me? God says in all things. So Abraham didn't have his health down and his finances working. Abraham had his health bubbling. He was old. He was over 100 years. Stricken in age. Healthy. Abraham did not die of disease. Abraham went to be with the Lord. They didn't drag him to the Lord. Some people went to be with the Lord. Some people were dragged. In. Some people were taken. Some people went. Abraham went. Abraham would call his children and bless them. Say, I'm going to die now. Bye-bye. And he left. Jacob did the same thing. Called him and said, I'm about to be gathered to my fathers. No stray bullet. They did not die by accident. Not that chariot. Kameh was passing. Kameh overrun. Abraham said, ah, Father Abraham, Kameh is Kameh that jammed. It was in the Mediterranean desert. As he was crossing from Bethany to Lystra. Suddenly, what a, what a glorious exit. <laughs> Abraham was well stricken in age. And God had blessed him in everything. His family was blessed. Not like you have a beautiful finance and a terrible marriage. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Abraham's marriage was intact. So his children. So God has blessed him. Let me see who has contemporary English version. Contemporary English version. Abraham yes. was now a very old man. Abraham was now a very old man. The Lord had made him rich. The Lord had made him rich. And he was successful in everything. He, he was did. successful in everything he did. Abraham was successful in everything. Your children don't have to be wayward. Your children don't have to be crack addicts. People are here already thinking of how they are going to deal with their children. They've gone crack addicts. Someone came to me and thinking, how, how, how do you manage children that, that, that are wayward? He said, I don't have any. I don't know how to manage them. I don't have any. Son, can I take in junior in the ministry? Charles Egan in the ministry. He carried his great-grandchild before he went to be with the Lord. Carried him in his hands. Charles Capps, same thing. Charles Capps called all his family. One day I'll show you the picture of Kenneth Copeland and his family. All of them. Great-grandchildren. Plenty. They have God has blessed them in everything. They, they did their 60th year's marriage anniversary. Blessed in everything. Carried his children. Charles Capps called his family home. Say, boys, I'm going home this weekend. Ah, daddy, which home? Say, come on, everybody, come on, everybody, bring your children. And they sat around the very big banquet, fed everybody. Kenetikin said he had paid, he said he, had, said he put enough money to pay his grandchildren's school fees till they get to PhD. His grandchildren. His grandchildren. He put enough money on the Bible says a good man lives down, he hands for who? 
So he put enough money. He has sent children to school. He was paying his drunk children's school fees. So God said, I must leave inheritance for my children's children. You know, the devil will not let you hear that kind of scripture. You get that? No, it's blessed poor spirit. Leave inheritance for your children's children. Say, no, it's a good name. No, 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 no. It's not only good name. Good money. Sit down. So they do 60th anniversary for some people. Pastor Paul Adifrasen said when they sold his grandfather's property in Lagos, as a young copper, they gave him, him, then, they gave him a million dollars. Copper. You take your father's picture. <laughs> Blessed memorial. They will do anniversary every year. They will go to the graveyard every year to celebrate it. Yes, in newspaper. Every year. One million dollars. He's the grandfather. He's a grandchild. That's a good man. That's a good man. Are you following me? Yes, sir. Charles say, call everybody on. He says, guys, I'm going home. They didn't understand. He was still playing. Everybody was hey, daddy. He went to his room. Laid on his bed. And went home. He came back. That is dead. So I told you, what's going on? Jesus Duplantis, why a father, father-in-law said he was going to die. He said, please. He said, I want to write something down. So he wrote it down. He said, put this on my dead body. He said, what? So write this. So they put it. So when they open his casket, they take paper and say, this is not me. I'm going to be with the Lord. This is my body. <laughs> I mean, these people wrote, they, they were sure. Now they died. They're going peacefully. They yield the ghost. You know what I'm talking about? The devil is a liar. Get hungry for God's word. Alright? Get hungry for God's word. It will renew your mind. It will transform your thinking. That was what I missed out on campus. I wish I did. I wish I did. If you get hungry for God's word, it's going to change everything about you. As a student, as a young person, don't just come to church. Go and look at those things for yourself. What are the promises of God for your provision? Don't assume you know it. You don't know it. If you know it, your life would have been better. It's because you don't know it. Look at yourself. Do you know it? You are the proof of your knowledge. Tell you the truth. If you know your life would be better. There are knowledge in degrees. It is as much as I know that where I am today. If I know better, I'll be better. Tell you the truth. Sit down with God's word. Search through it and find out what his promises are for your provision. Supernatural provision is real. It's real. It's real. People get provided for. Jesus took five bread and two fishes and they broke it and fed 5,000 people aside men and women and children. Supernatural provision. That's a miracle. You can have your rent paid. Supernatural. You can get a house. Supernatural. Supernatural. Supernaturally. You know, I'm talking about pastors because I'm a pastor. I do most of my studies around pastors and ministries. If you are a fashion designer, you should do more of your research around fashion designing and all that. So, Pastor David Dubiume, yes, last year, 
was called to U.S. And he got a building in U.S. You heard about that story? Massive building. Thousands of acres of land. Finished, built to the teeth. Several duplexes, houses. They paid $10 for it. $10. That's $5,000. They called them from U.S. They said, God said to them, that which should we, which should we give this party? They said, and God said they should give it to David Biobe. In Paracourt. From America to Paracourt. Supernatural provision. They didn't lobby for it. Of course, they wouldn't have lobbied for it. How many churches are in America? You are struggling too much. Struggling too much. Struggling to get every done. You struggle, you calculate. You, you, you are even a calculator. You calculate everything before you eat, you calculate. Before you drink, you calculate. Before you sleep, you calculate. You calculate, calculate, calculate. You are calculating too much. Are you a calculator? Calculate too much. Before you buy shit, you calculate. Before you buy shoes, you calculate. God said to Adam, of all the trees of the garden, thou mayest, you enter a boutique, thou mayest freely wear. That's what it means. Stay in God's word. Christians don't read the Bible. I'm telling you. I can travel, I traveled with some Christians, you know, when I was on campus, when I was working my law, my law firm. We were in South Africa for about one week. For that one week, they didn't open their Bible. I was shocked. Ah. Hey, in Kabaibuni. You have Christians that don't have Bible. They don't have Bible. They don't have Bible. If you try to open the Bible on their phone, it will be saying, reloading, reloading. Or play updates. It's been long. They open it. And you wonder why Satan has so much inroad in your life. Stay with the word. I'm telling you because I may not have proof, and it's just a little time. Just give me a little time. You will see the proofs. I may not have proof as prosperous as I want to be. I have my needs provided. I have my children's needs provided. But I'm not where I want to be. But I'm a, I am a proof of total health. Of total health. I'm a product of a man that sat with God. I mean, I have a hundred scriptures on healing. Hundred. If you catch me anywhere, bah, I can give you hundred. On healing. How many scriptures do you have on provision? See, I struggle. I don't have scripture. Scripture for struggling. Struggling for scripture. Why are you struggling? Why is your marriage struggling? No scripture. No scripture for your marriage. No scripture. No scripture. You have no scripture. You are just using your common sense. Use your number six. Don't you have number six? Anything, anything, anything. You are back, bam, you are back. Just any, anyhow, anyhow. You can't go. Let's just go. No scripture. No scripture. No scripture. You start a business, no scripture. There's nothing you are hanging on. No scripture. You have academics, no scripture. You are still there, no scripture. No scripture. If you ask me, what's the scripture that confirms your... Your academic excellence. No scripture. So I shall know that one day, one place, and, and the Bible says, hey, hey, yes. He said, uh, somebody about the tail and fish. No, sorry. Um, I think I will be the fish head. I'm not, no, sorry. I'll be the head. I'm not the No scripture. No scripture. No scripture for academics. No scripture for anything. When I was on campus, I had scriptures for my academics. They used to call me, they call me, I mean, they literally call me Virginia on campus. Because I know what is going to come out. I was my scripture. It shall show me all things to come. I said, Lord, show me all things. I always knew what was coming. I was never caught by surprise. I mean, there are students that were not believers that will hang around me when the exam is coming. Say, Boy, you don't drop. Because I'll get it. 
There's a scripture for your provision. Look at that. Scripture for your health. Scripture for everything. Sit down and find out what God has said. Psalm 23 verse 1 said, Is your Lord, is your shepherd, you will not want. When COVID-19 hit Nigeria, you know, of, of course, hit the entire world, we all were caught by surprise with such a terrible epidemic. And the entire world was shaking. I was a young pastor. I'm still a young pastor. But when I remember a young pastor, I just started pastoring. I mean, we just finished one year anniversary. COVID-19 has come. It's a shutdown everywhere. And I said, God, what's this? I'm just starting my life. What are we doing now? Is this the end of the world? And God said, son, ah, why are you shocked? I said, COVID-19. He said, go to the world. Go to the world. So I went to the world. On my knees, opened the Bible. He said, open the end of all things. So I opened the end of all things. Revelation. God said, yeah, read. Anybody see COVID-19? Underline. I said, God, there's no COVID-19 revelations. He said, go sit down. He said, the world will still be long after COVID-19. You know what God said? God said, son, he said, he told me, he said, boy, I will wrap this thing, I will wrap this thing up when I'm ready. When he says this thing, he was talking about the entire world. <laughs> he said, when I'm ready to wrap this thing up, I'll wrap it up. He said, Satan cannot end the world. He said, the key is in my hands. COVID-19 cannot be. So I burst out of that revelation. And I started saying, faith over fear. We started doing videos. Faith over fear. COVID-19 is a lie of the devil. They say, it's a bigate. It's going something. I don't care. Whoever this is, Satan. This thing will not end the world. Because you check the back of the book. Eh? The back of the book is where everything ends. That's the back of the book. The back of the book is a blessing. When we were in secondary school, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You did mathematics? Ah, uh, I got you. Now you know what I'm talking about. The back, I was the back of the book. Yeah, that's where the answer is. The answer is in the back of the book. Some people never need to the left in secondary school. My people are destroyed. <laughs> but we knew. So when they tell you the answer is three at the back, but you're walking is one. Ah. But there's answer that says three. What do you do? You carry down two. Plus two. It's got to three. They call it wuru. You are walking towards the answer, the back of the book. In spite of your circumstances, you are walking towards the result at the back of the book. That was what the back of the book did to me. We know how this thing will end. You know how it ends? It ends with us in heaven and Satan in hell. No matter what he's doing, he's going to end up in hell. Defeated and full. Hallelujah. Let me show you some scripture and I'm close to this. I'll continue on Tuesday. Three verse of the four, verse 19. We're going to read that. We're going to read Psalm 145, verse 16, and a wrap up. It's Philippians 4, verse 19. What does it say? Quickly. My God shall supply how many of your needs? Oh. Somebody say, Oh! oh. Say now, say, oh. oh! Does that include your house rent? Yeah. Does that include the cost of your food? Yeah. Shout yes if you're sure. Does that include your fine dresses you want to wear? Yeah. How many of you need fine clothes? Yeah. A God shall supply all your needs. How is he going to supply it? Eh? According to your need? According to his riches in glory by Do you know you can be reading that scripture and you are not seeing it? Yes, 
You think you, you think you heard what he said, but you didn't hear it. You could get overly excited and even miss the point. He said, I'm going to supply all your needs according to my riches, not according to your need. What does message say? Give me a message. What does message say? I love message. Message, what does it say? Philippians 4 verse 19. Give it to me quickly. I like that. Do you have a message on the screen? Do you have it on our, on our records? Message? We don't have it. Okay, so you don't have a mic. Do you have a mic? Do more. Do more as a mic. Let me do more. Message is compressed. Yes, yeah, compressed. That's a compressed blessing. Philippians 18. And now. For 18, yes. So for 18, go to 18, 19. And now I have it all and keep getting more. Look at that. Who said that? Paul said, I have it. Someone said, I have it all. And the fact that I have it all doesn't mean that there's no more for another, there's no room for another one. So I say, I have it more. I have it all. But there's still room. So they can say, I have it all. But there's still room. How many of you have enough money? How many of you have enough cars? You know, I'm telling you this thing. Let me tell you the truth. As I'm saying, this is the more angry. Is this why we are here in church? We are here to worship God. Let me tell you the truth. You need this money. You need it. Calm down and let God help you. You need this thing. If you are angry with me, I want to beg you. That thing that is making you angry is from your village. They don't want your life to be better. If you are angry with me, just know. Just lay hands and say, Father, in the name, I rebuke you, devil. He says, I have it all, and I'm still getting more. Continue. What does it next? The gifts you sent with Epaphroditus. Yes. Were more than enough. More than enough. Like a sweet-smelling sacrifice roasting on the altar. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Continue. Feeling the air with fragrance. Yes. Pleasing God to no end. Yes. You can be sure that God. You can be sure. You can be sure that God is going to do what? Will take care of everything you need. Everything you need. Yes. His generosity is generous. Even yours. Continue. In the glory that pours from Jesus, yes. our God and Father abounds in glory that just pours out into eternity. Pours out yes. into eternity. More. 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 You can be sure. You can be sure. This is your year of more and more. Hallelujah. You can be sure when you walk out of that door, you have to know that God has planned for your provision. It's not just Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. It's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. He is. Give me Amplified. We'll end with this. Amplified. And I wrap up. Amplified. Philippians 4.19, Amplified. The, and my God will liberally supply. And my God will what? Liberally. Give us Amplified on the screen, please. My God will liberally. Have you? So I say liberally. You see when you have, when it says liberal, liberal gives you more than enough. Gives you more supply. Some of us never enjoy anything liberal in our lives. Through our childhood, they cut fish into two. They cut egg into four. Hmm? They measured rice. We grew up in places where there was rationing. Here there's no ration. God did not ration the kind of oxygen you're supposed to breathe in. See oxygen. No ration. There's no rationing to water. There's no rationing to the earth. There's no rationing. God did not create anything with a rationing mindset. 
But some of us grew up in environments that, you know, condition our hearts to rationing. And so you cannot enter a shop and buy everything you need. There's a rational. There's a rational. There's a rational. That's not how God wants you to live. God wants you to live in abundance. And I said something about exposure. Um, I want to say something. They were going to build the ark. Where they were going to build the ark? The big building that Bishop is building now, by the grace of God. That was where the secondary school is. The secondary school of the church is. He said, but God told him that that is where they must build that ark. So they had to, they have to find a way to remove that, that secondary school. He said it cost them 17 billion to relocate the school to another place. The entire land is their land. Though. But they said, God said, this is where my ark must rest. And they're going to pay 17 billion extra just to ensure that the ark, land has not finished you. This ark must stay here. 17 billion. There is a mindset that allows that kind of thing to happen to you. Yes, yes. That calculating mindset cannot do it. You say, what well, is it not church upon church? It's not land upon land. Which land? Which land is bigger than which land? Let's build it anyway. And the same thing is happening because, like I said, you grew up and you were conditioned. Maybe you have elder brothers who were holy. How many of you have prayer elder brothers? And, you know, prayer warrior brothers who were strong Christians, but they were very poor. The, the prayer warrior in your church, the holiest person, is one that the shoe will bend like this. How many of you are talking about? The people that you saw, that you went to for counseling, if your spiritual life is going down, they are the ones you go to. They are, they are shut as top. But they are the word of God in their mouth. Are you following me? Yes, sir. It conditioned your mind. The Bible says God will supply liberally. What does it say? Help me. Finish it. Your every need, yes? According to his riches in glory in yes. Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. Is, that, yes, is that amplified? Amplified plain. Give me amplified. AMPC. God will... Is that amplified? Amplified, amplified. Give me amplified. amplified screen. It says the same thing. The only difference is fill unto few. Yes. Fill unto full or fill until it's full. Uh, that's what I want to hear now. And my, and my God will liberally supply. Uh-huh. Fill until full. He will fill you. You want us to miss that point? No, sir. That's the point. That's the point. I'm telling you that's the point. That you are full. Some of us, most of us are, you have never been full before. Never before. Let me tell you, in John chapter 6, Jesus Christ wanted to feed the multitudes. He said they should give to everybody as much as they want. They did not share that food. They poured. Everyone took. The Bible says everyone was full. A jekan. God does not like his children hungry. He doesn't like it. He says, I've been young, I've been old, I've never seen the righteous beg for bread. Children or, or, or lack or children because the righteous might even lack. They say not the righteous. God doesn't want the children lack in anything. But religion will paint that thing in your mind that this thing you are doing is suffering. You are suffering for Christ. Poverty is not suffering for Christ. There's a lot of difference between persecution and poverty. Poverty is an affliction of Satan. It has to be clear like that to your mind. Say so God is able to give you food. Stop around. Say, Lord, I receive your word. In the name of Jesus. Say it again. Say, Lord, I receive your word in faith in the name of Jesus. Bow your and pray in tongues for a minute. Pray in tongues for a minute. I receive your word. I trust you, Lord. 
I know you have plans for me. I receive your provision. I receive your provision. I receive your provision, oh God. I receive. I receive your provision. I receive it. I receive it. I receive your word for me. I rest on your word. I know you have plans for me. Oh God, I receive it. Oh God, I come against doubt. I come against fear. I come against unbelief. In the name of Jesus, I come against unbelief. I come against unbelief. I come against unbelief in the name of Jesus. I come against unbelief. Say it again. Say the Lord, the Lord provides for me. I receive, oh God, everything you have for me. Pray, pray one more minute. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909 672-9827 or 0807-548-5997 You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook Instagram at SLChurchNG You can reach us on our Facebook That's Supernatural Life Church